0: You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago
1: Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name's Patricia Traina, and happy to have you with us on this crossover Thursday. We will be talking with Lauren Cox. He is the host of Locked on Bears. She's going to break down the Chicago Bears for us. And as always, everybody, thank you so much for making the Locked on Giants podcast your first listen of the day, or if you're watching us on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And of course, for subscribing and smashing that little like button uh, for our show. All right. So joining me is Lauren Cox, as I said, the co the host of Locked On Bears. Lauren, great to see you as always. How's everything going by you?
0: You know, we're both dealing with teams in similar boats right now, so hopefully we can uh, we can have some group therapy here and commiserate and <laughs> try and have some fun with the rest of the season.
1: Yeah. Well, as far as I'm concerned, only two more weeks to go and it can't end soon enough because it has been absolutely rough for the Giants and for the Bears. I mean, you we're looking at some changes here in New York with our general manager. I guess you guys are looking at some potential changes as well. And, you know, let's start there, actually, Lauren. Um There's been reports that Matt Nagy might be out after this year. What are you hearing? And moreover, how are the Bears responding to those reports? Because they've got to be some kind of a distraction, I would think.
0: Yeah, it's been sort of a hovering around the team for a while. And there was there was only like one specific like reporter put his name to anonymous sources say Matt Nagy might be fired if he loses this game. And it, it didn't it didn't happen that way. And the team sort of came out and, and denied it and actually met the the ownership met with the players and kinda of said, Hey no, we're we're sticking with this ship for now. It was not like a it was no there was no time window guarantee on it. It was just sort of like a hey, we are not going to fire him next week. That doesn't mean we're not gonna fire him At some point, but we're not going to fire him next week. So, yeah, it has been a distraction, and it hasn't. I mean, they had enough problems as is. So you can't. It's hard to look at and say, "Oh, well, that's that's why they're struggling, or that's why they've had some losses in there." But it has been. Everyone's sort of expecting a head coaching change to happen for sure. Whether it's before the season's over or after is still up in the air. We thought had they lost the Seahawks on Sunday that they may have made the change there because now the window is open. If you fire your head coach, you can interview candidates, but the Bears beat the Seahawks. And I don't think ownership is going to make a change after a win because they care a lot about optics. So if the Bears beat the Giants, I think Matt Nagy keeps his job another week because they just don't want to be the team that fires a coach after he wins the game. The real question is the general manager. And that one right now is much more of a coin flip and, ownership's reportedly bringing in, you know, former like Bill Polian is his name that's been thrown out there. as just like consulting to sort of help them decide what they want to do in the organization, but it's definitely a much more unknown there. And I think Bears fans are even split some too on, okay, wh- how much change do they want to see or how high does that change need to go?
1: Sort of like what's going on here in New York with our general manager situation. But, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about uh, Justin Fields who, you know, the Bears traded uh, with the Giants in last the last draft. And uh, Justin Fields, supposedly their franchise quarterback, and I think he's had some rocky times, some up and down times. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he's dealing with some injuries. But where is he right now in terms of his health, in terms of the development? Do you see progress in him on a weekly basis or has he kind of gone up, down, up, down, in your opinion?
0: So, so right now, the big question is is the health that he, he missed last week with an ankle injury. He started this week, first practice on Wednesday, limited in, in return from that ankle injury. And actually, the previous week, he also started limited and then sort of moved backwards. He was limited on the first day and then... Did not participate the rest of the week and they kind of shut him down and all started Nick Foles against the Seattle Seahawks. Now Foles is healthy. Dalton is also a full participant in practice. So presumably they'll have some choice to make between their veteran quarterbacks if field is not there. But as far as when he has been healthy and he had a rib injury earlier that interrupted that, that that's what's made it difficult to evaluate sometimes because prior to his injury, right? He, he was on that upward trajectory of like, his first game was rough and it was slowly sort of getting better. He had a big comeback against the Steelers, where his defense blew it after he went a go ahead, touchdown and under two minutes left. But like he put together clutch game winning type drive that his defense just couldn't quite finish out for him. And we see these moments of like doing really difficult things that rookie quarterbacks aren't typically able to do. And it's like, okay, there's, there's the quarterback that they drafted. And that's why they wanted to trade up and get this potentially special type of quarterback. And then there's other moments, you know, where he holds onto the ball too long and takes a sack, or, you know, he's he's just inaccurate on a quick underneath throw because his footwork is off. And there's little things that, you know, there's sort of rookie mistake type, deals but not anything that's like horribly catastrophic like oh no bust territory but it's definitely been some ups and downs along the way and then you throw in the injury and then he kind of has to come back in and get warmed up again and get back into the swing of things and so there has been a little bit of this back and forth roller coaster but not anything that has shaken the confidence of Bears fans feeling like next year with maybe a better coaching staff and maybe a better supporting cast that that, that can be where he starts to really add some fuel to his fire.
1: Now you guys have had some injury issues as well. I believe Allen Robinson was injured. Um and I want to say you had another receiver injured whose name is escaping me. Is it or was it a running back? You've had some some guys banged up. Allen Robinson of course being the big one. Um what is the status with those guys and who do you, amongst the injured guys do you think it's going to be will Robinson play? Will um will Justin Fields play? I mean, who do you anticipate being on the field for the Bears?
0: Yeah, I know Robinson's been dealing with COVID-19 in there too, which is hard to and it's been multiple weeks for him. So it's it's not just like a a brief exposure and back after the 10 days or whatever with two positive tests. It's been something that's lingering a little bit more in in his specific case, which we don't we don't know a lot of, you know, concrete details about. But Robinson himself has had a, a down year overall. He he and Justin Fields just have not been consistently on the same page in part because The Bears didn't let Fields practice with the starters until he took over as the starter, and so just getting that timing down has been challenging for him, whereas with Darnell Mooney, it it hasn't, and he's really been their top weapon all season. He's been their go-to guy in the passing game, and he and Fields have somehow quicker, much more quickly than Robinson been able to develop that that connection that works. But other than them, they should have more or less the full cast of, of receivers, it's just there's not a lot of depth there to begin with. I mean, it's Marquise Goodwin, Demir Bird, Jakeem Grant. I mean, it's, it's guys that are sort of, you know, C-tier, three and four-type caliber wide receivers and not top number two, number one-type guys. So they've been limited in that department, but really been heavy running back offense with David Montgomery getting in the bulk of the carries, of course, and then they've been passing to him a lot more, too. And it seems like they want to get him the ball absolutely as much as possible. And sometimes they abandon the running game here and there more than Bears fans would like to see. And it still doesn't always feel like they have... Enough weapons to go around to support whatever quarterback limitations they might have.
1: And what about on defense? How's the health of the defense, and where have they really played well this year, and where have they had their struggles?
0: Yeah, they, they've gotten they, they've gotten hit on COVID pretty hard in the secondary a little bit there, and that's really where they were struggling in the first place because they just don't have quality cornerbacks in particular, and their safeties have not been nearly as good as you would expect. Like Eddie Jackson has had definitely a down year. By his standards, he just had his first pass breakup a couple of weeks ago. Like his first PD on the stat sheet was recorded in week 15, I think. But no interceptions, no hands on balls, just has not been the same guy there. Jalen Johnson, the young cornerback, has been solid solid and steady and continuing to sort of rise in his second year, but they just have... Nothing else to write home about. It's a glaring, glaring weakness pretty much everywhere else in that secondary. The strength has been the pass rush in that front seven. Robert Quinn at the edge rusher spot is a half sack away from setting the franchise record for most sacks in a single season. Bears fans expecting him to get one against the Giants because he's gotten them in pretty much every week this season. He's been just a phenomenal reemergence, especially with Khalil Mack on injured reserve. They kind of thought, well, if Mack's out... Everyone else is going to get all the attention that Mac was getting, and Quinn has still been able to really sort of get home and, and get good pressure on quarterbacks. And they found other guys have rotationally got a little bit of pressure here and there, but they mostly do live and die off of, of what Robert Quinn's pass rush has been able to do to make one or two of those big plays in a game that can really generate that single, like individual, single-handed stop of the opposing offense.
1: When you look at this um, this Bears team, where do you feel they have let down the most?
0: That's a good question. I I think the offensive line because it's been so critical for all three of their quarterbacks, and you know they definitely went younger in that group, and they, they had a bunch of injuries at in offensive tackle. It's why they had brought Jason Peters in off the street and started him at left tackle week one, and he's he's been hurt, and now he's got an ankle injury, and he's he was limited this week, so it's possible he could return and start at left tackle, but the other left tackle, Tevin Jenkins, is also dealing with a shoulder injury, so they had to put the rookie fifth-round right tackle Larry Borum in at left tackle last week, and and so that, that's that been a, an expected carousel, but then the interior starting three has been the same all season. It's been the same three guys as last year. Cody Whitehair, Sam Mustafer, James Daniel those all younger you know, recent draft picks or an undrafted for agent that are supposed to be sort of young and and ascending players and they too have had some of their ups and downs and it's been hard for a rookie quarterback to feel some consistency in that pocket and certainly Andy Dalton and Nick Foles are quarterbacks that need clean pockets to stand in and throw because they're not going to beat you with their legs the way Justin Fields might so that that's been a pretty big letdown I think for Bears fans
1: all right folks coming up we're going to talk Giants and then we're also going to talk predictions we're going to you know, give you some props and some things that you might want to consider betting on. And speaking of betting, Let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online. It's the most wonderful time of the year as college football gears up for the playoffs. Uh, the NFL playoff race is taking shape. The NBA and NHL are heating up. And no matter what your sport, Bet Online has you covered all holiday season and into the winter with more props, odds, lines than ever before. Head to their new, updated, or mobile website at betonline.ag to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code LOCKED ON. Don't wait. Take advantage of this special offer and all the amazing offers available on betonline.ag. Again, visit BetOnline today and get your 50% welcome bonus with the code LOCKEDON.
0: All right, welcome back into this crossover Thursday. Locked on Bears, locked on Lions. Lauren Cox alongside Patricia Trina here on the Locked On Podcast Network, getting you ready for Bears Giants. And Patricia, when I when I look at this Giants team, the, the Bears haven't come across too many offenses doing worse than them statistically, and and it it uh, it <laughs> it makes me appreciate a little bit more of what what I might have. And so when when I think about this Giants team, obviously Daniel Jones injury throws, I mean everything totally out the window. But even even before the injury, like how, how much of this Giants offensive struggles falls on the young quarterback and then the quarterback injuries versus you know, a lot of injuries elsewhere in the supporting cast. And, and I think also definitely some questions about the coaching staff as well. Where do you sort of distribute the blame among those groups?
1: All over, to be honest with you. I mean, the <laughs> scheme, I'm still not sure what it is they want to be. You know, are they going to be a ground and pound team? Or are they going to be an air you know, throw the ball, you know, 50 times a game type of team. I don't think they ever established an identity. They didn't figure it out. Now, part of it is because of the injuries. You know, you didn't see the entire offense together all season long. Um, the offensive line has been an absolute mess. We were told all off season, don't worry about the offensive line. It's going to be fine. And, of course, we all know what happened there. Injuries, retirements, and just poor performance overall, which is, uh, you know, certainly put a dent in the expectations then you throw in you know like I like you said the injuries at quarterback and you know just a shout out to um John Madden the late John Madden who used to say if you've got two quarterbacks you don't have any or something like that I forget the exact quote but something that effect. And the Giants that right now they don't have any
0: yeah we, we heard Joe Judge <laughs> say this week that potentially Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm could both see the field uh, I, yeah two quarterbacks should have done is that have, have they both shared the field I know that I know they both started games this season and I know I think there was but Glennon got hurt that got from into the game, but have, has there been a game yet where they both were healthy and both played at the same time? Or is this sort of a new, no,
1: a new no. idea? I, it, I, I think Joe just said that just, you know, cause he could, <laughs> I do not anticipate they're going to rotate quarterbacks. That would be kind of foolish. If you think about it, yeah. Quarterbacks need to get into a, into a groove. They need to get into a rhythm. Joe knows that, you know, I mean, Mike Lennon talked about the challenges of, of a rotation and, he even said it would be tricky, and Joe's not going to do that. I think what you're going to probably see, if I had to take a guess, Glennon will get the start. Um, he'll go as far as he can, <laughs> and if he stinks up the joint, which I expect may, might be the case based on the last you know several weeks, you'll see Fromm come in. So, um, you know, look, the Giants are still playing to win games, even though they don't count for anything, and even though it's going to push them further down the draft chart if they do win right now i think there's a a sense of priority because the giants have four wins right now they have two games remaining i think they would like to get to six wins to match last year's total if they don't that's not a very good statistic to carry with you into the upcoming off season especially when a new gm on his way in
0: If, if the giants do win it'll at least move the bears draft pick up for them, so one way or another, one of their draft picks is going to go up, and I guess one of them is going to go down as a result of this game. And definitely, uh, Bears fans know that Mike Glennon feeling of uh, yeah, how long is he going to be in this one before they bench him? That's that that one's all too familiar for a lot of listeners on, on both sides of this podcast. Uh, what what about Saquon Barkley? Uh, why hasn't he been able to? I mean, I know I know he was injured in an ankle injury, like midway through the season there but it seemed like before the injury the production wasn't quite there and certainly I don't think that's changed much since coming back to the injury I guess first of all do we know is the ankle still affecting him at all and then, and then what has been the issues uh, on the field as well
1: yeah the ankle is still an issue I mean his what his workload has been managed I think he's been on the injury report more times than he's not been in on the injury report and he's admitted that that the uh, ankle is still an issue Um, You got to remember, he was coming off of that ACL injury, which, by the way, he suffered week two on the grass at Soldier Field. Um, So he's kind of going back to the scene of the crime, if you will. (laughs) And um, they say that, you know, and they, I mean, medical professionals and people who have gone through it. They say that it can take up to two years before an ACL injury is fully healed. So, I think what we saw in the beginning is we saw Barkley a little hesitant, you know, they gradually, you know, they started him off slowly, then they gradually increased his workload and then boom, the ankle injury happened. And then they had to start from scratch and that, you know, you gotta be careful with that ankle because, you know, now you're suddenly compensating for the rest of your leg and and you can pull a hamstring or you can, you know, pop out a knee. So, you gotta be really careful with that. But Barkley, I think that's been a big factor, also a big factor is the offense. Um, the scheme, I would like to have seen Barkley split out wide, got you know, put him in space a little bit more. But the thing that bothers me the most about Barkley when I watch him is he does a lot of dancing behind the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. I mean, just hit the hole and go. Lower your shoulder and push it forward. We don't see that a lot. And it's funny because when I watch the Giants running backs, The ones that I always say, oh, my God, I love how this guy runs, those are the guys who hit the hole and push the pile. Whereas when Saquon stutter steps and dances back there, it's almost like he's looking for that escape hatch. So I don't know if that's a subconscious lack of trust in the offensive line. I don't know if that's him feeling the pressure to make a big play on every every time he touches the ball. But whatever it is, he's got to understand that sometimes you just got to take what's there and it might not look pretty. It might not make the highlight real. But if it moves to chains, who cares?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, t- take me through briefly the, this Giants defense. It seems like, you know, they've got young quality players at, at every level. You know, you see the defensive line, the young edge rushers, rookie playing well, a couple of guys in the secondary having some big years. But it hasn't necessarily translated all, all that well every week. I mean, it's, it's, some games they're in there, some games they're not. We're, we're, why the inconsistency, I guess, fr- from the Giants defense?
1: I think because of some of the injuries. You know, you look at up front, and actually, let's go back to last year when they were doing pretty well. So the guys up front were able to fill the gaps. They were able to take up um, multiple blockers, and it would free things up for the linebackers to come shooting in into those gaps and make plays. You know, Blake Martinez, when he was healthy, you know, we call him the tackle machine because he made over 100 tackles, and a lot of those tackles were made within three lines of the of – the, I'm sorry, three yards of the line of scrimmage. Now you don't have Martinez, and then now you have a situation where sometimes those giant defensive uh, front guys are not getting off blocks, or they're not eating up space, and you know you take away some of the speed in the linebacker core, and guys aren't coming up and filling the gaps. They're not able to funnel out to the sidelines, so sometimes they're beat around the you know the the edges there. And it's just you know it's it's almost like a totally different looking defense. And then you throw in the defensive secondary, which is another issue. The for some reason, in the beginning especially, defensive coordinator Patrick Graham had them playing you know eight or nine yards off receivers instead of rolling them up in man-to-man coverage and press coverage, and that's their strength. So you know you sit there and you say, "What are you doing here?" You know, it's Mm -hmm. like you know if you know that that's their strength. Why are you fixing what wasn't broken? And and I don't know if it was just trying to add another wrinkle to it or what, but it was just it, it was a head scratcher and I think it showed up in the in the production because that defense did get off to a slow start. They've been playing better of late, but my gosh, James Bradbury, you look at him, what a drop he had from last year. And 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 he was I think a guy who, you know, as I mentioned before, he's better up playing closer to the man. As than he is, you know, eight or nine yards off the off the uh, receiver.
0: If there's one thing both of these fan bases know, it's questioning why coaches haven't been able to put their players in a position to maximize their strengths and minimize some of those weaknesses. A lot of familiarities between these two teams. We'll go through a little bit closer on what we can expect in some of these matchups and go through predictions for this game and much, much more coming up next on this crossover Thursday, locked on Bears, locked on Giants.
1: all right welcome back everybody to the crossover edition of locked on giants and locked on bears patricia treyna here and i have lauren Coxie is the host of the locked on bears podcast and we're happy to have you with us and we're going to talk now predictions we're going to talk about expectations and uh, try and give you guys and gals a an idea as to which t- of these two, you know, struggling teams you should maybe root for this season <laughs> if you don't have a rooting interest or you're just curious or whatnot. So, Lauren, let's talk about the X factor here uh, for these two teams. Let me start with the Bears. What do you see as the biggest X factor for Chicago?
0: Yeah, it, it's hard when we don't know who the quarterback is going to be yet? Because, like, of course, like if it's Justin Fields, you know, he's the type of player that can and has been at times the X factor. But I do think regardless of quarterback, I'm, I'm curious to see how well this Bears offensive line is going to be able to hold up against this Giants pass rush. Not that, you know, the Giants are setting the world on fire in terms of pass rush, but a guy like the, the rookie Aziz Azulari, I'm never going to be able to pronounce his name correctly. I remember in the draft it was it was a challenge, but speedy Georgia edge ed rushers, Bears fans are, are quite familiar with how that works, and potentially maybe starting two rookie offensive tackles the Bears could be, plus then, you know, Leonard Williams on the inside, and depending on what happens with, I think, Dexter Lawrence and Danny Shelton are both on the COVID list. If those guys are, are able to come back or where they end up being in their process— this offensive line has been some at times what makes or breaks this bears offense and and for the most part this season their defense has been able to do enough to in a lot of games to give their offense a chance right they had, their defense hasn't been phenomenal but if you know if they can hold the other team to 17 or 20 points You should hope that your offense should be able to score 17 or 20 points to be able to win in a potentially low-fought scoring game, and it's when the offensive line hasn't been able to protect the quarterback or free things up as much for the running game that the Bears offense just has not been able to keep up with whatever the defense has given them this this year. So I I do have some concerns uh, about that Giants defensive line, but where do you sort of see difference makers or or what's going to be pivotal for New York in this matchup?
1: The running game, hands down. I mean, look, we're in the same boat as you. We have a, a quarterback situation here. Two guys who, you know, just haven't been very good <laughs> w- when they've had their turns. Um, they the Giants need that running game to function to be effective, because quite frankly, I think that's the only way they're going to move the chains with any consistency whatsoever. So that, of course, boils down to Saquon Barkley, who, as you know, we mentioned before, has been banged up. Um, Devonta Booker you know, getting the ball in his hands. Now, this is something I don't understand with the Giants coaching staff. They've been giving the bulk of the touches to Saquon. If Saquon is banged up, why not distribute the snaps a little bit more evenly and give him more of a blow, if you will, and let Booker, who's been running the ball well, get some more touches. I mean, I don't understand that, but, you know, look, if they're serious about winning, I think that has to be the X factor. They've got to get that run game going, and they've got to be able to move the chains because the passing game right now is just a, a white-hot mess, if you will. Uh, Kadarius Tony is injured again. He's on the injury report with a shoulder ailment now. Kenny Galladay still banged up. Um, they don't have Sterling Shepard anymore. So it, it's a problem.
0: Uh, there haven't been too many games this season where – I go in predicting a Chicago Bears victory with with any kind of confidence. But this is one of those games where it feels like the Giants are enough of more of a mess than the Bears have been this season that you know like the Bears are 6 point favorites on betonline.ag right now and I'm that might be the biggest they've been favored in any game this season. But from your perspective, if the Giants are going to pull off the upset, what is what is going to be the reason why? Is is it is it Running the, running the ball and, and controlling the clock that way? Or is there is there an area, a matchup, a, a, a position group where you see the Giants having a particular advantage that, you know, if they can just maximize this, that's their key to getting another win right now?
1: Well, I guess if the Bears forfeit, maybe the Giants will have a chance. <laughs> but Jeez. Um, you know, look, the defense has played well enough, I think, to hold its own. I mean, if you look at the, the amount of points that they've given up, in normal circumstances that should be good enough to win a game if the offense comes through the offense right now you know when you listen to some of the opponents after the game that the giants have played and they and and they're asked were you confident that the giants would move the ball and they say heck no (laughs) that's really really telling you know And, and It's also the thing about the Giants offense to dress me nuts is Freddie Kitchens, who's now the play caller after, you know, Jason Garrett being fired, no rhyme or reason to his, his play calls, nothing builds off of one another. So, you know, I, I can't say I sit here and have confidence that that offense is going to be able to function at a high level to score points and it's going to boil down to the defense. And then what's going to happen is the defense is going to be on the field for the majority of the game. And then boom, they're going to get tired and the game's going to slip away from them. It's the same old story that we have seen every week for the last several weeks. And it's just, you know, it's a cycle that needs to end.
0: A lot of similarities between these two teams. It might, part of it just comes down to who's a little healthier. And I think right now the bears have a, a slight edge there in terms of a little bit more of their, Intended talent available to them, so I, I think I, I'm coming in at from a similar perspective as you are. I guess what's sort of left here is how how much of a deficit. You know, the, the six point spread. Boy, it's it's hard for me to sit here and be like, oh, Bears by more than a touchdown. I, I haven't seen them play that well this well enough this season to say, oh, they're going to win by by more than a touchdown. But it's you know, six is a good number. <laughs> you know, I guess uh, where, where's your confidence number. level?
1: yeah i i don't know if it's going to be a blowout either way yeah but look i made a pledge when the giants let me down against miami and looked like you know garbage (laughs) i made a pledge i said i am not picking them to win the rest of the year until i see otherwise a reason to pick them and i have not seen it
0: yeah so far you've been Um, right all four weeks
1: yeah and and and, and there's been what three games i I forget exactly i think it's three games uh, since they've started this losing streak where they haven't scored touchdowns, I'm sorry, it's not going to get it done. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm going to give the edge to the Bears. I mean, I, I have not seen enough from the Giants' offense to be confident that they're going to pull it off. There's just too many holes. And at this point, you know, you know, in New York, we have we have a we, we kind of make fun of the Jets, J E T S, just end the season, J E T S. Yeah. So. We've kind of adapted that that uh, motto, if you will, here here uh, over on the Giants side of the thing, just end the season already, you know? But, um, yeah, I think the Giants' offense have just got to start from scratch. They've got to get in a creative play caller. They've got to get Daniel Jones healthy. They've got to figure out what the heck they're going to do with all this talent they amassed. you know, fix tight end, fix the offensive line. And I think until they do that, I'm just not optimistic that they're going to be able to pull it off.
0: Well, Matt Nagy should be available if you're interested. <laughs> just, kidding, just kidding. I
1: don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, about
0: I've, that. Been, <laughs> we, we, I've been down that path, and I don't know that I would fully recommend it. But no, I'm 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 right there with you. That if, if the Bears hadn't beaten the Seahawks last week, then I'm I would be more on this boat of like I don't know which of these teams is is going to be worse. But the, they showed me enough fight last week against a Seahawks team that's also bad. But you know they still have Russell Wilson. There's still there's still enough there that. Okay, you know this, this Bears team is not giving up, and they are they are willing to fight, and they do have some talent, and they there is something to, to there is still something there, and I, I'm kind of with you there. At about that six point number is is really good. I wouldn't give the Bears much more than than seven points in this matchup, but hey, that's why they play the games. I know there's not a lot to watch, there's not a lot to enjoy, but hopefully the Lockdown Giants podcast and the Lockdown Bears podcast can make this game more exciting, more watchable, more, or at least, at least give you a reason to to care and follow along with your team and look ahead to the future and these positive changes that might be coming for, for both of these franchises. So Patricia, I, I hope, I hope the misery in New York doesn't last any longer than, than these two games left.
1: My, I'm with you on that. And <laughs> by the way, I started looking ahead to next year's opponents and I think the Giants are going to face the Bears again next year, if I read the, the schedule correctly, but uh but, yeah, hopefully it'll be a lot different. You know, the teams will be healthy. It'll be a lot more competitive than I think we both anticipate it will be. And um, like I tell my listeners all the time, just hang in there. We've got two more weeks. It'll be all over, and we'll we'll get to all the good off season stuff that everybody's been waiting for. And, um, you know, we'll put this ugliness of, of these games, these last few games behind us.
0: Let's just hope the Soldier Field turf doesn't take any ACLs or any other significant yeah. injuries in both of these teams and – try and get as healthy as they can the offseason instead of starting the offseason with, with some kind of big injury. So that'll be, that'll be our, our message of, of, you know, unity and, and optimism ending this game is hope the Soldier Field turf doesn't end up making anything worse. So, Patricia, really appreciate you doing the crossover podcast and uh, h- hang in there, I guess is all I can
1: say. You too.